Welcome to Live Community Church. Uh, what, a, what a joy it is to see you, whether you decided to join us in person or online. We are blessed because of your presence. So my name is William Agundes. I am the student life pastor here at Life Community Church. Uh, the middle school students are going to stay in with us in the auditorium, uh, which Jim said, big church. So we're in big church this morning. So welcome. Um, it's an honor and a blessing to have you here this morning. In the seat back, there's a connect card. Uh, we ask you to fill it out with as much information as you're comfortable giving us. Uh, we just simply want to know that you were here. We don't want to, we're not going to call you to sell you anything. Uh, we just want to know that you were here. In exchange for that card at the Welcome Center, you can exchange it for some free books we have available for you. So be sure to stop by at the end of service and check them out. All you do is just put that connect card in the box and grab one of, the, one of those free books. Uh, coming up, we have, um, we will start collecting bikes, as you see over here, uh, scooters or toddler ride-on toys, board games for the upcoming Sharing Life Christmas Fair. Sharing Life, we do a lot of, um, we, we provide and we help Sharing Life uh, help the community, serve the community. So this is what we're doing. These items may be brought here to the front of the auditorium by Sunday, December 20th. You, you can also give online. Uh, it's available at the Mission Fund, which is uh, through Sharing Life. Uh, let's make some children this year be very, very happy from these wonderful blessings. Also, Discover Life 101 is coming up. This is a one-hour class. Uh, this will allow you to learn more about the beliefs, mission statement, and vision of LCC, uh, which will be next Sunday, December the 6th at 11 o'clock in the Cedar Room. So you can simply sign up online or you can just let us know on the connect card and you can join us then. So this class is the very first step uh, in the growth track here at LCC. At the completion of this class, you can, you can sign up and also uh, become a member of LCC. And then the last thing, LCC will have uh, two Christmas Eve services uh, at 3.30 and at five o'clock. So plan to attend one of these services, live kids, will perform in both services, and you know you don't wanna miss that, right? Because it's such a blessing to see these kids up here, and you know, some are singing, some are not. They're just a joy to see, right? Because they're never like, it would be a miracle if they were all singing at the same time, doing what they were told to do, right? Because our kids are so perfect. They listen to us about everything, right? Yeah, right. I have three boys. So I, six, five, and three, and they are a handful. So anyway, uh, we hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, we had a great time. We spent it with some friends that we would consider uh, as family members. So uh, the, the one thing I really enjoyed were the uh, dad jokes. Just nothing but dad jokes. It was a lot of fun. So, you know, we ate and had a good time, talked, reminisced, um, hopefully it wasn't fighting and going back and forth, uh, but you know, it, sometimes it happens, it is what it is, forgive and move on, right? So uh, our pastors, Randy and Tina, are on vacation, so that's why they're not here this morning, and that's why I'm preaching this morning. So I must say that I really enjoy these moments, these moments that I get to uh, come before you and preach a sermon. It, it brings me a lot of joy and it just fulfills, um, it fulfills 
something in me. And I feel like that's what the Lord has called me to do. Um, I was saved in 2008, August, uh, July of 2008. I was called to ministry in August of 2008. And when I was called, um, I felt like the Lord was telling me to pastor. Um, the, the conversation in my heart, not that I heard an audible voice, but it was like, if I called you to pastor, would you do it? And, and I said, amen. So, um, you know, it's been a long journey. It's been a lot of uh, good times and a lot of bad times, but uh, I praise the Lord for this opportunity. And I also thank our pastor Randy for giving me uh, these chances, these opportunities to preach the word in our home church. It is a blessing to Anna Karen and I, and also to my kids to be able to be a part of this family. I truly believe this church is a one-of-a-kind church. It is such a wonderful, loving church, and I know many of you feel the same way. So Pastor Randy has been preaching on a uh, series called Overcoming Life's Obstacles, and that's the current series we're on. So today's title is Overcoming Discouragement. So every one of us, at some point or another, have experienced discouragement. They have either been minor or they have been major disappointments. And I think that we, can all, we all have that in common, no matter who we are or our upbringing or whatever it is that uh, life has for us, right? We all have that in common. We all go through disappointments. Like Randy says, life is a series of disappointments, disappointment after disappointment, and then we die. Something like that, right? So, <laughs> you know, on the latter side, uh, you know, it's not all about that. So I would like to start our time off with two questions. How do we overcome disappointments? And what could possibly be the outcome of overcoming life's disappointments? So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to your throne of grace, and we pray that you would open our eyes to see and our ears to hear your truth, your gospel. In Christ's name we pray, amen. So we'll circle back around to these uh, two questions. So today we're going to look at the life of the Apostle Paul. So Paul experienced many disappointments in his life. Uh, before he became a believer and then after he became a believer um, in ministry, he experienced many, lives, uh, many disappointments in life. So if we're willing to learn from these stories of the Apostle Paul, it could benefit us. It can shine a light in our lives some way, somehow, that can benefit us to overcome life's disappointments. So we're going to be in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 4, verses 9 through 18. I'm going to go uh, verse by verse. So here we go. Verse 9. Do your best to come to me quickly, for Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. So in verse nine, the apostle Paul realized and knew that his time on earth was coming to an end. He was basically at the end of his rope. He knew that he was gonna die and that he was gonna go to heaven with his maker. In verse 10, uh, Demas, uh, was a fellow worker in Philemon 1, verse 24. It says, And so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers, 
um, I want you to notice that he was a fellow worker, Demas was. And then uh, in Colossians chapter 4, verse 14, our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and Demas send greetings. So he was a fellow worker of Paul, but yet he loved this world and deserted him to, and went to Thessalonica. Um, I like what the Holman New Testament commentary says about this. Being alone does not always create a sense of loneliness, but being deserted almost certainly will. Desertion has betrayal at its root. Nothing strikes at the heart of a person more than violated trust. We have all gone through that. Um, our teenagers, if you haven't experienced that yet, unfortunately, you will. And that's what we go through in life. We go through disappointments. People will desert us. You know, uh, during the week when we're here working in the office and, you know, sometimes Randy opens up about ministry. You know, he's coming up on 40 years next year. Wow, that's a long time. Praise the Lord for his commitment, for his perseverance. And, you know, he shares some stories. And, and I, I remember him sharing that, you know, there have been some people in, his, in the past that if, if somebody would have said to him, hey, this person is going to leave the church, or hey, this person will just flat out say things about you that, you know, you, you're not going to like. And, and then he says, that, it just wouldn't be true. I, I wouldn't believe it. But yet, it happened, you know? So it happens. You know, we're human. We are not perfect people. We're sinful by nature, right? We don't make the best decisions. And we make mistakes in our lives. Sometimes, some of us are hard-headed, and we make mistake after mistake. <laughs> bad choice after bad choice, right? Right here? I'm raising my hand because I, I, I'm, I can be pretty hard-headed, right? Don't ask my wife. But I can be pretty hard-headed. Uh, praise the Lord that he's working on me. He's softening me up, but it's a process. And as we, as we grow in our faith and as we serve in the church or as we go to church, read our Bibles, pray, listen to our pastors, you know, little bit here, little bit there, the Lord works on our hearts and he changes us. But some of us, um, we need to learn from other people's mistakes rather than our own mistakes. Um, that's wisdom. So Demas, Demas's love for this world probably involved a preference for ease and comfort along with a reluctance to share Paul's sufferings. His pro profession of love for this age contrasted sharply with Paul's call to love Jesus' appearing. So basically, Demas loved this world rather than, he had more love for this world than for the Lord Jesus Christ. And that was a problem. That was a problem in his, in his life. That's a problem in his heart. But he's not alone because uh, some of us also struggle with that. Uh, one last thing about Demas. He began well. He started off well. He was faithful uh, in service to the Lord, zealous uh, in his work. And, but that does not guarantee the future. Our lives as Christians must be lived faithfully each day, each week, 
year upon year, and we must do it in a persevering way. Here was a man who had served Christ well, who had belonged to an intimate circle of workers with the Apostle Paul, and yet he abandoned it in the end. Demas serves as a warning to each and every one of us that we cannot rest on our past or assume the future. We must maintain a steady diligence in the present moment. So what does that tell us? We understand and we know that disappointments will come. We understand that difficult times will come, hard times will come. When they do come, we must persevere. We must look onto the Lord, allow God to work in our lives and, and in the lives of others and press on, fight on. This life is a fight and we must fight on. So verse 11, it says, only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. All right, so let's look at Mark for, uh, Luke for, uh, to begin in this verse. We all need a Luke in our lives. A Luke is someone that will be with us no matter what, that will go through life with us no matter what, that will see the good in us in the worst days of our lives. That's a Luke. And then not only will he be there for us, he will also, or she, will persevere with us when we go through life. We all need a Luke. And praise the Lord for those people that God puts in our lives. That's how good God is, that he knows when to put certain people in our lives. And he knows when to take people away. The challenge is to allow God to take those people away that aren't doing us any good, even though we think that they might be of some good in our lives. So uh, in Acts, now let's look at Mark. Uh, in Acts 15, 37 through 40, it says, Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them, but Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord. All right, so this gives us an account when Paul did not find Mark to be helpful in ministry. But there, toward the end of verse, verse 11, it says, get Mark and bring him with you because he, he is helpful to me in my ministry, right? So here we read something totally different. Bring him. Bring Mark, because he is helpful to me. So behind this request lies a story of grace and restoration. So after the split, in time, Mark must have demonstrated maturity and enduring commitment. Paul may have had occasion to work beside him again, for now Paul viewed him as helpful to me in ministry. Let's not write people off. It might not be a good season. It might not be a, 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 some few years or a few weeks or months, whatever. But let's not write people off. We're so quick to write people off. We're so quick to cancel people. But that is not what we are called to do. What we are called to do 
is to be there for one another, share love, share grace, that no matter what we go through, we fight the good fight, we fight in this life, and we do it together. God didn't create us to be lonely. He created us to be in a family, in a family of God that we can hold each other up and pray for one another and be there for one another. So Mark serves us as a great example. Okay, um, he messed up. But praise the Lord that Paul didn't write him off. Paul waited for the Lord to do a good work in him, for him to mature, for him to grow, and luckily Mark was willing to do so. So there's a key. We have to be willing to allow God to take off those rough edges of our lives. Some of us are, are pretty smooth, let's be honest, and some of us are pretty rough, let's be honest, right? You know who you are. But here's the good news, that God doesn't write you off and that God takes off those rough edges, but the key is if you allow them. So allow him to do so in your life. Verse 12, I send Tychicus to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas and my scrolls, especially the parchments. Alexander the metal worker did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he has done. Let's park there for a little bit, verse 14. Alexander, evidently this man, had created difficulty for Paul and was an outright opponent of the gospel. We at some point or another will meet those kinds of people that are just <laughs> opponents of God. They don't say good things about the Lord. They might not believe in the Lord. Um, and the, the disrespect for the Lord is evident in their lives by the way that they speak and by the way that they live their lives. So Alexander was one of these kinds of people. And then Though we cannot be certain, it is possible that this Alexander is the same person whom Paul handed over to Satan to be taught not to blaspheme. That's in 1 Timothy 1, chapter, 20, uh, chapter 1, verse 20. Among them are Hymenaeus and Alexander, who, whom I have handed over to Satan to be taught not to blaspheme. So what does that tell us? That tells us that we need to be careful. We need to be careful because God is not one to be taken advantage of. And though he is loving and though he is gracious, he does discipline those he loves. So we must be careful. We cannot take advantage of the Lord for his goodness and for his faithfulness or for his grace. So I want you to notice that Paul left any vengeance in God's hands. He left it in the Lord's hands. So think about it. What is worse, our vengeance or the Lord's vengeance, right? So the next time someone says something about you, does something to you, and we're so quick, right, to get vengeance. I mean, don't we just love those movies, right, where something does something to somebody else, and they just go on a vengeful streak, right? The one that comes to my mind is uh, with, uh, man, I just had it. 
It's a movie with Keanu Reeves. It's a recent movie. John Wick, right? It's probably not a good reference because there is a lot of fighting and shooting, but it serves my purpose that John, you know, somebody kills his dog. Uh, he had just lost his wife uh, because of uh, cancer, I believe, and he goes on a vengeful streak, and that's why they're working on uh, John Wick chapter four, right? So we all like vengeful movies. We all like watching them. So it's in our nature to be that way. But as believers, we must not be that way. We leave it in God's hands and let him take care of it. So verse 15, you too should be on your guard against him because he strongly opposed our message. So he's telling Timothy, be on your guard, know who he is, and understand that he strongly opposed me. He, he strongly opposed our message. I think this was a good word for Timothy. On the one hand, Paul refused personal revenge or retaliation. He simply left it in God's hands, for the Lord has said, it is mine to avenge. I will repay. Then on the other hand, he rejected being naive and stupidity and warned Timothy to be careful. That's smart of us to do. I think it's not the right decision for us to, for us to not look at their lives and, and hope to see some kind of maturity or hope to see some kind of change in their lives by the Lord. So we don't write people off. We are there for them no matter what, but we are cautious. And, and, and as you know, trust is given uh, for the most part freely, right, from the very get-go. But once somebody does something to lose that trust, it is so difficult to get it back. You can get it, get, you can get it back, we can get it back, but it is so difficult to do it. It might take months or it might take years. But regardless, when that trust is given, we must not break that trust, right? So Paul to Timothy is saying, hey, be careful of, of Alexander so we don't write him off and we wait to see if the Lord does any change. Now, sometimes changing people is instant or it could be months or it could be years or it could even be a lifetime. And, and, I, and I think about, I have some people in my mind that, that come to mind um, that, that it could be a lifetime, you know? Uh, like my dad. Uh, it's been a life, a, a, a life's disappointment of mine, the relationship that my dad and I have. And not to go into much detail, but it's been heartbreak after heartbreak, you know, uh, moment after moment, trial after trial, <laughs> disappointment after disappointment. And I've had to learn that, yes, I, I have forgiven them. I forgave them in the past when, when I had to deal with that. 
But the reality is that in my own life, when, when I remember my dad, or when someone talks about my dad, I, I have these feelings rise up inside of me. It's been getting better over the years. It's not so much now as it was before. But what the Lord has taught me over the years is that I have to forgive him again. I have to forgive him again. When I remember him or when I feel these, these uh, disappointments or, or when I feel broken in me or even when I cry, I got to forgive him. Forgive him again. It's a reminder. I, I feel like it's a reminder that, hey, uh, it's like God is, is speaking to my heart. Hey, remember you forgave him years ago, but if you need to forgive him again, it's okay. It's okay to forgive him, right? For me, it's, it's my dad, but that's one, one aspect, one part of my life story. Some of you, it's is, is the same. It could be a parent. It could be an ex-spouse or, or a, a very good friend, a, one of your best friends that just betrayed you, just, just deserted you, has said things about you that you don't like, that are not true. And, and you haven't gotten to that point of forgiveness. But as believers, as Christians, though it is hard, it is so difficult, we must learn to forgive. And if we forgive them, we move on and we press on. But if we're reminded by their, uh, of that hurt, of that pain, okay, let's forgive them again. Because that's what the Christian life is about. See, we're not perfect. Nobody here is perfect. But we move on. We live our lives in a way that we can show people that, hey, even though this person has deserted me or this disappointment has risen up in my life, I'm going to press on because the Lord has called me to do so. I'm going to fight on with the strength of God. It is not with our, our own strength. We cannot do it in our own strength. Some of us have been trying to do it in our own strength, and we keep failing and failing and failing, right? But when we realize that I cannot surpass this with my own strength, let me look to the Lord, let me put my eyes, my gaze onto the Lord and rely on his strength. Allow him to help me through this moment, through this time, or through this season, or through these years. Because that's what the life of a Christian is about. We don't rely on ourselves, we rely on the Lord. Moving on to verse 16, at my first offense, no one came to me to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. So the event, however, uh, this event brought back painful memories for Paul, but he viewed it through the goodness of God. There you go, right? That's, that's the key. That is the secret. Choosing gratitude and forgiveness rather than bitterness. So if left unchecked, if we just think that we can just put it in the back burner and not deal with it, hopefully it just disappears, hopefully it goes away, that's what we think, but the reality is that, nope, it's right there, right there. It will not leave us alone. Maybe a few weeks, maybe a few months, maybe a few years, but something is gonna happen that is gonna trigger that to come up 
to show its ugly face and we have to deal with it. Some of us might be able to deal with it by talking to each other. Great, praise the Lord. Some of us can deal with it by talking to our pastors. Great, praise the Lord. But some of us need counseling. And you know what? It's okay. It is okay to get counseling. If you don't know anybody and you need that, okay, well, let us know. We can, we can tell you who to go to, right? We cannot be too prideful in our lives that we can just say, I will deal with it sooner or later. Because tomorrow, just like Joe's Crab Shack, free crabs tomorrow, right? <laughs> free crabs tomorrow, hey, what if you showed up at Joe's Crab Shack and said, I'm here for the free crabs. Oh no, it's tomorrow. What are you gonna look like, right? So, tomorrow isn't guaranteed. The future isn't guaranteed. When we have breath, when we have life, that's the moment to take care of the issues. There is never a good time to take care of these issues. Never. Just like, for many of us, we are never prepared to get married. Fully prepared. We are never fully prepared to have kids, right? But yet we have them and we get married and, and then we learn how to work through life together and we learn how to raise our kids. It's the same thing. So don't be, don't be too prideful. Get help if you need help, all right? So verse 17. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed, and all the Gentiles might hear it, and I was delivered from the lion's mouth. So the Lord never leaves us nor forsakes us. Wonderful promise to take hold of, wonderful pr promise to remember. Even in our darkest days, he will always be there. People will leave us, desert us, the Lord never does. Since the beginning of time, the Lord has always kept his promises. Put your hope and trust in God, and he will never fail you. Amen? So whatever Paul meant about the lion's mouth, the point was that God delivered him from danger. You see, Paul had faith to know God would deliver him from danger, no matter what. God's timing is perfect. Even if it's like right at the nick of time. I don't know about you, but I've experienced that many, many times. Like, I'm like, Lord, uh, I'm praying for this. I need this like yesterday, right? But tomorrow's the deadline or whatever. It feels like tomorrow is the day. And then you wake up in the morning and you see that answered prayer, right? <laughs> The Lord's timing is perfect. We think it's the last moment. We think it's at the nick of time, but God's timing is perfect. God's timing to that moment, that's precisely where he was going to answer that prayer. So we maintain our faith. We keep our faith knowing that God will answer it. God's timing is perfect. So verse 18, the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will, and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever, amen. 
So let me, uh, allow me to make this personal for you. The Lord will rescue you from every evil attack and will take you safely to his heavenly kingdom. That is the Lord's promise upon your life. God is good. From the, uh, from the New American Commentary, Thomas D. Lee gives us three good features of Paul's attitude that I would like to share uh, that can provide us help and encouragement for today. So here we go. Number one, Paul avoided indulging in his disappointments. He did not allow that setback to dominate his outlook. He, removed on, he moved on to a more positive expression of what God was doing. We can either choose it uh, to live in a negative way or to focus on the negative things of this life, or we can focus on the positive things. We can put our gaze, our eyes on the Lord, and knowing that he has our interest, he has our best interest at his heart, he's thinking of us, and he's going to take care of it. Uh, Number two, Paul could rejoice in the victory won in the life of Mark. This young man had performed so poorly that Paul had rejected him, but now he had proven himself. That's what God calls us to do, the perseverance of the saints. Allow, let us persevere in this life. And then number three, Paul found no room for vindictiveness toward those who hurt or opposed him. Perhaps the memory of Alexander was a painful experience for Paul, but the apostle simply left the responsibility for dealing with, with this to God. He did not grit his teeth in anger and wish him disaster. As Christians, we must learn to rejoice in divine victory and avoid succumbing to disappointments and a spirit of vindictiveness. Okay, so how do we know, how can we know that we have a spirit of vindictiveness? Think, when you think about that person, do you wanna get even? There you go. When you think about that person, do you want to just, oh, there you go. It's, it's not, they're, they're, they're easy signs to understand. We just got to be willing to see those signs, okay? So I'll finish with this. Uh, please stand with me. So circling back uh, to the couple of questions we started with. The first one was, so how do we overcome disappointments? By allowing God to remove and replace people in our lives. He'll remove those people that do us harm and replace them with people that will lift us up and encourage us. We gotta be willing to let those people go. We gotta be willing to, to, to just accept it. Some of us hate change. My, my boy Damien, he hates change. He likes the routine. Day by day, I know that's something that he's probably going to struggle with, change. But sometimes change is good. Sometimes that's what God is wanting for our lives to take us to the next step of growing and maturing in our life and in our faith. Another is by forgiving those who do us wrong. Most of the time, it's continual act of forgiveness, especially to those that have caused us a lot of harm or great harm. And then by looking or by keeping our eyes on the prize toward heaven, our heavenly father, we are fighting a good fight. The gospel of Jesus Christ, that is a good fight. So we press on, we fight on. Uh, 
And then the second question was, what could possibly be the outcome of overcoming life's disappointments? Spiritual maturity, greater faith in God, and then finally, a witness to share the goodness of God with people. So we go through life, and God will use those disappointments in your life to be a witness to those that are currently going, are going through it or that will go through it, and you can be the light in their life. You can be the person that God uses to share truth and to share grace and to share love. That's what we're called to do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, that you never leave us nor forsake us. You are good. You are good to us, a good, loving Father, and we praise you this morning. And, I, and we pray, Lord, that you would help us. Help us deal with these disappointments. Let us not put it in the back burner or hope that it will just simply go away, but help us press on, help us deal with it. So we pray, Lord, that you would give us the strength to do so. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen. Y'all are dismissed. Have a great Sunday. Have a great week. God bless you. We love you.